these times of great strife are when we see some of the most amazing, you know, creative and innovative ideas come out of it because you're hundred percent right. You know, when I, my successes, I rarely learn from, I appreciate they're nice to have. We all want to, we all want wins, right? But it is those times when, you know, things hit the fan, things aren't easy. You're forced to figure out new ways. And those are the ways where I, just like you learn the most from. And so I, I love the challenge that that brings to the table. And I do think it spurs creativity. Hello and welcome to the Chris Orwig podcast, the show where we have meaningful and inspiring conversations about topics like the art of living, creating our best work, becoming our best selves and making a difference in the world. My name is Chris and I am your host. I'm a photographer, Sony artisan of imagery, a best-selling author and teacher. And with everything that is going on in the world, I thought it would be interesting to turn to some of my friends who are filmmakers, directors, photographers, and creatives, and to turn to them in search of some wisdom for how to make the most of the current situation that we're in. Because people who do that kind of work, they are inherently innovative, persistent, adaptable. So with that in mind, today's guest is a photographer who travels around the globe capturing images of landscape, travel photographs, portraits, and wildlife, and his work is absolutely stunning. His name is Colby Brown. You can find him online just by doing a search for his name or on Instagram. You can find him there as well. And one of the things that I think that really sets his work apart is how human it is. So whether he's photographing a panther or an empty landscape or anything else, you really have this human connection and it's relatable, kind of, it excites you, it's contagious, it makes you want to live life and it makes you realize how amazing it is to be a human. And Colby is one of those wonderful humans. I had a chance to capture some photographs with him this last summer in Oregon and we were there at sunrise or a bunch of people there. But one of the things that impressed me the most about him is his sense of having this vision that he's bringing to the location. You know, a lot of times with landscape and travel photographers, I tend to think that, well, it's because they got to this landscape. That's why the photograph is so good. But what I realized is that isn't necessarily true. It's never really about what's in front of the lens. It's rather what it's about what we're bringing to that situation that really makes our photographs good. All right. Well, with that in mind, I'm super excited to kick off this podcast interview. So let's dive in. All right, Colby, this is great to have a chance to sit down and chat. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm happy to be here, Chris. Super excited for this. I always love our conversations. They always get into some really interesting topics. Yeah. Um, and this one, obviously, I want to talk about our current context. So we'll just dive right in and then we'll talk about a bunch of things. But I think one of the things that's on everyone's mind is this whole idea of limits, you know, whether it's we're shelter in place or we're quarantine or different things throughout different parts of the world. But these limits are affecting all of us. And so I'm curious to know, how are they affecting you, your family, your work, and then also how are you making the most with this time? Well, I, I think it's easy in a situation like we're currently in to kind of focus on the negative or, or maybe focus on what's changed so much from what we're used to. 
And for me, I try to stay away from that. I try to focus on the positive elements. You know, it's interesting as a photographer, as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner to be dealing with, you know, COVID-19 and travel restrictions and shelter in place and all these things. And while that's certainly going to have some drastic effects on a lot of us from a financial standpoint, I really, really enjoyed spending time with my family over the last few weeks since I got back to Cuba and been kind of self-quarantining myself. I've also spent a lot more time being much more engaged with close friends and family than I ever have been before, doing video conferencing and having conversations such as this one, as, as well as other ones on a you know even more personal level, um, in, in places and in, in situations where I just never thought of it before. Maybe I took it for granted. And so, yeah, I think it's... I think it's going to be a really interesting time around the world. And I think that it's going to force a lot of people to be quite introspective in terms of the priorities and value that they put on their everyday lives and on the connections they form with people around the world. Um, close proximity, close immediate family, extended family, you know, friends far away that you can't see um, and see how all that comes together. You know, it, it's like I said, I, I like to look at the positive and the side of this where a few months down the line, like the, the world's going to be a different place. And that's not necessarily such a bad thing. I think it's just something we all have to get used to and find our own pathway for what makes sense for us uh, to reconnect both individually as well as to friends and family and to the world out there that is maybe different than it was even just last year. Yeah. And so maybe picking up on that a little bit, you talked about introspection. Let's go there for a second. As you are reflecting on who you are, and what you do, what are you maybe discovering as you are reflecting? Well, I'm discovering, you know, again, the, the nature of, you know, trying to find creative outlets, trying to find personal connections, trying to rebalance my priorities. You know, a year ago, it was expanding business and finding more, you know, financial stability for my family and doing these things. And those things are important. Those are things we're going to have to deal with at some point. But during this kind of hiatus, we have to, or I have to, you know, focus on these internal developments on, on finding more ways for myself to be creative. Having been doing this for 13 years, I'm going back and looking at images that I've taken over this 13 year career and maybe re-editing stuff, going and looking and, and finding ways to have this outlet. For, for me as a photographer and a small business owner, the, this whole process is very therapeutic. Um, in terms of how I approach my personal connections as well as creativity, as well as business. And so when those different avenues are disrupted, I have to find ways in order to salvage that the necessity that I personally feel for being creative, for having those connections to the outside world. So I'm discovering more places around my, you know, home state here in Pennsylvania where I live in the woods that I actually quite, you know, arguably self-quarantine all the time when I'm home. So that hasn't changed too much. To me, it's the difference is the lack of travel and the lack of getting out and having, you know, business excuses to bring my camera out, which I don't, I don't mean to say that in a negative way. I, I, I compartmentalize my life to make sense for me. Where I'm home, I'm usually home. And when I'm away, I'm usually has my business hat on. And now I don't have my business hat on because that's in hiatus for everyone right now for a few months as we figure this out. And so I'm coming back towards that self-discovery, the self-introspection of, of 
What am I finding interesting? How can I have some creative outlets so that I don't go crazy, you know, so that I have, you know, pathways for me to kind of exercise the, not just, you know, physically, but, but mentally and creatively and emotionally to, you know, for me, if, if, if my, if me going to the Panthenol in Brazil to photograph Jaguars has been therapeutic for me to feel reconnected to nature and to wildlife and all these things, and all of a sudden that's taken away from me. I now have to get creative and find new ways in order to maintain that therapeutic nature of, of creativity, which for me helps settle my brain and calm me down and, you know, slow me down to pay more attention to the details. And to me, it's the wonderful thing right now is that in doing this, I've, I've discovered that those little details are found more so um, with my family, where it's me, my wife and son and a dog and a cat and a turtle and two rats here in the house. And, <laughs> you know, it's those little moments that are, are now filling those gaps where, like I said before, I might have been taken for granted before because I just was so used to it being here all the time. But now that I'm here and I'm stuck here um, and, and I can't go traveling for work, that I'm enjoying those moments and I'm finding more solace and being away and disconnected from social media and the news cycles and all this, you know, important information, but, but oftentimes negativity and focusing on more positive elements of the benefits of, you know, being close knit with people that I love that I, uh, you know, maybe wasn't uh, focusing on as much as I probably should have before. Yeah. I love that. And kind of picking up on that a little bit, I was, went back to your website before we talked and you have that one quote that um, by Marcel Proust that the true voyage of discovery is not seeking new landscapes, but having new eyes. And so it sounds like a lot of this right now is it's, it's almost, it's almost recalibrating your vision in a way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, and I, you know, the reason that quote is so important to me is that before all of this happened, you have a large portion of the population of this planet that obviously aren't going to be fortunate enough to go and have these experiences that I have or, you know, document these types of things. And so for me, photography has historically been that conduit to connect those two pieces together. Um, and, and, you know, oftentimes I don't want to say the word excuse, but the, the reason that people come up saying I can't do this or I can't do that is, you know, my photography is not good because I can't travel the world. Like that's not the reality of how art works. And the true sense of discovery is, is in seeking and changing your perspective and in changing how you look at the world, uh, less so than just traveling to new locations. And so you're hundred percent right. It's come full circle for me to kind of be, you know, living and breathing and practicing the same thing that I've been preaching to people that haven't been able to travel and have these experiences. And now we're all in the same boat together. Uh, and I myself have to do the same exact thing. I have to find more beauty and more interesting things and get more creative in, you know, close proximity around my property out here um, in the woods in Eastern Pennsylvania. And, and so far we're only a few weeks in, but it's, uh, it's been amazing. And I, I look forward to a bit more and, you know, hopefully finding some semblance of a new normalcy as uh, you know, things continue to change and evolve with uh, what's going to happen moving forward. Love it. And maybe kind of thinking about this in context of uh, big history and then your history. So big history, there's a lot of people talking about things like, oh, I don't know, you know, when there was the Spanish flu in 1918, yes, and, and, you know, millions and millions of people died. Then we had the Roaring Twenties, so we kind of had this, this time after that of, of 
it, it shifted our culturally focus on what matter and what we want to do and how we live. So there's kind of that shift happening. Then there's also maybe further back in history, a lot of people talking about Shakespeare during the bubonic plague or black death when he wrote King Lear and Cleopatra and all these other pieces that he was, that, you know, his theater was shut down. So in that shutdown time is when he created something great, right? So anyway, those things have been circulating in my mind and, and, and also then tying it to now more, more personal history is in my own life, my biggest seasons of growth haven't been when I'm laying on a beach in Hawaii. They have always been through hardship, right? Some kind of hardship. Like in, as photographer, you know, that one client job didn't, they turned me down or I was, you know, I don't all kinds or health issues or family issues or my cousin died or whatever it is. So, and I know you're kind of the, the person who sort of, you seem to eat obstacles for breakfast. I mean, that's your career. You travel the world, you go to remote places. I mean, you do all these impossible things, which inherently means there's challenge. So maybe making, turning it back to you for a second is in your own life, what have been the challenges, the difficulties that have faced you before all of this? And, and how does that then shed light on where we are now? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think it actually correlates back to what we were just talking about. You know, for me, you know, again, I've been fortunate to do this for 13 years. I've worked for Nat Geo. I've worked for a lot of great companies. I've built businesses. I've been quite successful. I've been fortunate in that. I've worked my butt off uh, to, to make that happen. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. But as those things have grown, I have seen, you know, personal hardships in learning to, you know, outsource jobs to, you know, people that could do things better, allowing me to focus on more important things from a business standpoint. But that also correlates back to family. You know, I remember distinctly having a conversation with my son when he was three years old and we were living in Boulder, Colorado. And we were in the living room and I was on my phone like I was a lot at that time and arguably still do a little bit today, although hopefully a lot better. And I was responding to emails and I was, you know, doing the standard business stuff, constantly trying to, you know, make things bigger, make more money and do all this stuff. And I remember my son walked up to me, three years old, and he grabs, grabs my phone and he holds it very sweetly. It's an adorable, adorable scene. And he grabs it, takes it away from me and holds it like this, walks over about six feet, puts it on the table, turns back around and he goes, daddy, it's playtime. And it just, it just gutted me. And it was a, it was, it was the moment that I realized that my priorities were off and that regardless of the fact that I was building my companies and businesses for the reason of supporting my family, if the sacrifices through that process was missing all those moments of not being present when I was present, then it wasn't worth it. And so I got a lot better about not taking it for granted about being home and being home and being present in the moment and not always thinking that I have to respond to every email within 10, 15 seconds or a minute or whatever it is. And that really helped me slow things down quite a bit. And so right now with my own personal, you know, space in this, this new world is that I'm living that now, you know, I'm, I've, I've been living it since that moment of getting better and better, but now I'm, I'm forced into the situation, which is wonderful where I get to have these moments and business is kind of on standstill. We're trying to figure out what's going on. I have a couple, you know, uh, my, my foot in, you know, dabbling in a handful of different waters to kind of figure out a new pathway through what's going to happen to all of us small business owners right now. Um, 
but at its core, every single day, my moment, my, my, my priority is to be, to be present. And so to me, that's been awesome. I think it, it that, I think that's why I'm, I've been so ecstatic about what's happening. It's, it's interesting because I was actually in Cuba when all this stuff happened. I had a workshop group down there and things started happening, as you know, very quickly around the world, things were shutting down. All of a sudden we were supposed to leave on Friday. It was Thursday. And I got word from my friend at the state department that things were going to be cut off and we weren't going to be able to get back. So I bought everyone flights and flew back as soon as I could to get all of us out of Cuba and back on uh, in U.S. soil. But I didn't realize what everything was happening. And so it was kind of very, everything happened so, so, so quickly that I didn't have a chance to really think about it. And since I've been back, I, I've had to cancel a lot of, you know, marketing campaigns, other workshops that were happening. Right now, I'm supposed to be in Bolivia photographing the Milky Way over the Solar de Uni. And then I was heading from there straight to Chile and Argentina to spend three weeks teaching two back-to-back Patagonia workshops. And truth be told, when I got back and realized the severity of what was happening, I was sitting down with my family. I was relieved that I didn't have to leave the house, not just because of the virus and the pandemic and the safety, you know, health reasons, but because it allowed me to spend more time here. So I'm going to continue to do that as much as I can to focus on personal growth, on rekindling and, and, and furthering those connections with my family, both immediate and extended, while still preparing for an uncertain future that we don't necessarily know what's going to happen. Um, but I'm also equally as excited as you kind of started off this question about this whole idea of what happened after the, the 1918 you know, uh, Spanish flu, you know, there, these times of great strife are when we see some of the most amazing, you know, creative and innovative ideas come out of it because you're hundred percent right. You know, when I, my successes, I rarely learn from, I appreciate they're nice to have. We all want to, we all want wins, right? Yeah. But it is those times when, you know, things hit the fan, things aren't easy. You're forced to figure out new ways. And those are the ways where I, just like you learn the most from. And so I, I love the challenge that that brings to the table. And I do think it spurs creativity because to me, it's not forced. Like, I don't know how you feel, but I feel when I force creativity, it never feels good. It never feels organic or natural. So like, I can't force myself to be creative. If I'm in the moment, I'm not feeling it. I can't force it. It never turns out well, whether I'm processing a photo, pitching a company, whatever it is, it doesn't work out. But in those types of situations, to me, it's different. Maybe it's just in my head. But I, even though the situation is forced because you don't have any other option besides being innovative, I kind of relish in that idea of the challenge. And I think a lot of other people do, whether they're creatives, you know, right brain, left brain. I think people just get innovative and things get interesting. And I'm really excited to see what potentially comes out of all this, because I think you're 100% right. I think we're, we're in the right time for these types of conversations to spur that next stage of what our industries are going to look like, what personal communication is going to look like, what everything's going to look like. And that is, um, you know, exciting amidst all the chaos and whatnot that we're dealing with the health aspects of this pandemic. Yeah. Love that. Um, I, I just going back to something you said a little bit ago about rekindling that word that, that resonated with me for some reason of just like, this is the time to rekindle, right? That what's going on inside. And, um, you know, and you also men- mentioned business. So I want to jump back to that briefly, which sure. is there's a lot of talk about small business owners and how do we support them and, you know, many different forms and many people are struggling in that space. And I know as a creative, I want to figure out too, how do I support my 
friends and colleagues who are in small businesses like you. And I know you don't want to hand out necessarily or anything like that, but how can we support you or if not you, someone else like you? So what, what can we do to connect with you to still get content? Let's say we can't go on that workshop. And the reality is a lot of times you can't go on the workshop anyway, maybe because you can't afford it, not because of all that's going on in the world. What are other ways that we can we can uh, kind of follow along and gain some insight and wisdom and creativity um, from you. Absolutely. Well, you know, I'll, I'll do it a little bit less about myself, but I think the community as a whole, and I think that's kind of the, the biggest focus on this right now. I think that in times like these, if we think about, and I'm not saying your question was pointed towards the individual, but if we, yeah. if we do think individually, we fail. Right. It, it is simply they're, they're, the challenges that we're going to face over the coming months are going to be big. And I think we have to think more on that community standpoint of being more connected, of being more present, being more aware and being more supportive in the photography space. Specifically, there are a lot of photographers out there in the education space like you and I that are still doing stuff online, that are offering one on ones, that are doing different types of things that still allow for some of that back and forth communication. Some people are selling prints. Companies are still licensing images like I think we. You know, the, the, the reality is the world doesn't work on a black and white. You know, this is not an on and off switch where the economy turns off and the economy turns on. Like right now, it's certainly in that gray limbo area where there's uncertainty. That's why everyone's a little bit, you know, freaking out. But regardless of how long a stay in place or quarantine happens, industry and economy is still going to have to exist and move forward. People are still going to have to be paid. They're still going to have to figure out a way to make this work. And so I think out of that, we are going to see a lot of creatives, like I said, be, uh, you know, take the initiative and try to do things differently. And I think that's going to be a bit of the key is that if you can reach out to, you know, someone that you care about and support them, buy some prints, do some things that you have some expendable income and you're okay doing so, that's a great way to do it. But I think it's going to be out of that process where if everyone's doing the same thing, it's going to quickly you know, dilute the waters, so to speak. And there's a lot of people interested in photography. They're going to be doing that same thing. So I kind of, you know, propose to, you know, flipping the question towards the creatives is to think outside the box and to try to get as creative as you possibly can uh, to think up of new revenue streams. I myself have a handful of things that I'm working on in on the online space that I think is quite unique that not a lot of, I, I don't see much else out there that I'm not ready to discuss just yet, but is, kind of in that same vein of this is a new problem. How do I solve this? And, and how do I solve other people's problems and fill that gap? Because to me, if it comes down to financial support, understanding, you know, business 101, that hasn't changed. It never, it doesn't change in the good times. It doesn't change in the bad times. All we try to do as business owners is figure out what a problem is for someone and solve that problem. So if people can't travel, but they still are interested in learning, there's a gap there. How do you fill that gap? If people still want to buy art, but they can't go to an art gallery, there's a gap. How do you get creative and solve those places uh, or, or, or those spaces and find ways in order to get through these challenging times so that you are better prepared for when the veil lifts and all of a sudden things are a bit different? And I think that's the that's going to be the biggest challenge for people out there. But in the meantime, as we wait for those things to come to fruition, I think you know, connecting with people, saying it, you know, letting people know that things are going to be okay. Um, and if you do have a little bit of that disposable income, helping your, your local artists. And I think that's going to be the best way to do it uh, currently is a little bit more of the low-lying fruit of one-on-one -on -one conversations, 
buying our licensing images, things like that, I think will help. But um, yeah, it's not going to be the same as it was. And that shouldn't necessarily be too scary. It just requires innovation and it requires evolution and adaptability. And I hope that most artists out there can figure out their pathway because there's not going to be one right way either. I think that's an important lesson. Um, even in the good times, there's not one, one right way to do it. And uh, I think that's where we, we, we see, or I see a lot of the, a lot of that creativity I was talking about and the ingenious nature of entrepreneurs being entrepreneurial and, and figuring out those ways to, to make it work in challenging times so that more of us and the, the industry as a whole is, is lifted up so that when things are better, um, it's a different industry, it's a different world, it's a different economy, um, but it's going to be better and we'll be better for it. Love it. And, um, the, uh, the idea too, when you're talking about businesses, uh, is what we do is we're solving problems. And one of the things I was thinking about that is that what all people know who do their own thing, freelancers or however you, however you work in this capacity in this field is that we all know the reality of feast and famine and we all know the reality of seasons. Right. And so what that means is you can have a season where, you know, literally like the seasons of the years where it's like snowing and it's all about snow and, and skiing and snowboarding and all that kind of, but then all of a sudden it's summer and it's change. And, and I think for people who are new to this kind of change in season, and this is a big change, it's a big shift. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a serious one, but the reality is, okay, yeah, it's a change and we're in it. We're in the beginning of it. Like you said, certain things are going to be interesting right now, low hanging fruit, but then that's going to kind of get diluted. Other things are going to come up and then we're going to phase out of it. And so the, the arc, I love how you describe that because for me, that kind of gave me a pathway, which is like, okay, present moment. And then where we're headed right now. And then also always keeping a little bit of an eye on the horizon, because you and I know that if you're going to run your own thing, it's not just about job one, it's about job 15 and job 25, right? And all those things. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, think, I think a lot of photographers and, and certainly not endemic to photography, the photo industry, but I think creatives in general have this short-term mindset and, you know, this, this, this idea that they need to kind of focus on the present day always. And, and that's important. Again, we were just talking about focusing on present with personal relationships, but I think you're hundred percent right in the, uh, in the notion that you need, you need to be thinking a couple steps ahead. I mean, the reality is, is that, you know, the financial side of photography or any creative endeavor is still a financial side. It's still a business. And that if you are working in diluted waters, as we were just talking about, it's going to be exponentially more challenging for you to stand out outside of your small sphere of influence, which typically for most people is close friends, family, coworkers. So if you want to break beyond that, you have to think outside the box. You have to think a couple steps ahead. I'm, you know, for the things that I'm planning right now for my own companies, I am thinking way beyond COVID-19 and what's happening right now. I want whatever I'm doing to sustain me through this, but I'm trying to think ahead to be that next wave. And I think that, again, is a key element that I think is challenging. Again, maybe it comes down to the analytical and creative left brain, right brain side of how people think. But, you know, I, I need to... I want to be part of that next phase. And oftentimes if I can do it, I want to be leading that next phase or part of that first wave. Because, you know, I think you'll appreciate this as a surfer. Like I find in life, whether it's hardships or good times, 
there are generally two types of people out there, two types of surfers. There are people out there constantly fighting the brakes, constantly swimming against the grain, complaining along the way, struggling. And then there's those few that learn to ride the waves. And for me, from a business analogy, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to figure out when's the next big break? When is the next wave that I can ride in? How long can I ride it and prepare myself for the next break? And I think that stringing your successes along is how you, you build upon the lessons you've learned from your failures, but you've connected the dots so that you have a better footing on the ground for where you potentially want to be or hopefully want to be because you have some idea. If you're playing darts in the dark and you're throwing out a dartboard and you're trying to hit bullseyes, the chance of hitting bullseyes are extremely small. But if you can have a little bit of a forethought and idea of the direction you want to head, an idea where that dartboard is, then it becomes a little bit more feasible. And then you can start planning a couple of steps ahead. Instead of playing darts, you're playing chess. And that's a much more pragmatic way, I feel, to approach this type of stuff. So absolutely learn from your successes, as we said before, but think ahead. And to me, good times or bad times, every single job I get should lead to five or 10 others. Otherwise, I'm not doing something right. And that I do the same thing with images. If I have one image and I don't, you know, exclusively license it to a company, which means I can't use it anywhere else, I'm going to use that one image in 10 different endeavors to try to squeeze as much value as I can out of it. And I think the same type of thing I try to approach with the rest of my businesses where everything I'm doing, I'm thinking 10 steps ahead. I'm thinking about maximizing valuation and time and effort and energy so that for me personally, I can get back and spend more time with my family because I've been pragmatic and I'm thinking ahead and trying to think outside the box at the same time. Yeah. I, I love, man, Colby, I love how you blend art and commerce. I, <laughs> you, you somehow like you create these stunning, crazy, beautiful images, which when I look at them and I said this earlier, but there's so much humanity in them. They, they take me away to different places or the moment or the animal or the landscape or the portrait, whatever. And if I didn't know you, I would think, wow, this guy just sort of wanders the world and takes beautiful pictures. But it's fun to hear about the backbone behind all of that, that, that in order to be able to do that and do all the things that you value, family, life, all the, and to do, you, you, need, you need to have that kind of that business, um, that business backbone. So picking up on that, which is, um, and I'm going to pick up on your surfing analogy a little bit, is with an, an athlete, and I've known a lot of pro athletes who break a leg or the snowboarder breaks a leg and loses the season. They never say, oh, I'm just going to do nothing this season. <laughs> they always say, Absolutely. okay, okay, yeah, I can't, I can't surf, but I can swim. And I'm going to get really, really strong right now so that when I can go back and surf, game on, right? So Absolutely. the question is, whether it's a business or, or art, either, either side of it, what are three to five things that you think any photographer could benefit from, in particular ph photographers that love what you do, which is that travel, nature, landscape, portrait, you know, all that, all that stuff. What are things that rather than just sit on the couch and watch TV, what, or, you know, what, what could they be doing? What, what are your thoughts? Do we want to make this business wise or just purely creative wise? Well, I think art and commerce would be interesting. So let's do a okay. couple creative. Let's do a couple business. Like how can, and okay. I, I want to learn too, like how can I sharpen my skills? Help me out, you know? Absolutely. Help us out. Um, okay. So let's start off with some creatives. I mean, I guess yeah. first and foremost, it's, you know, easy to feel tired and lethargic when you're sitting on the couch rather yeah. than just getting out. Like right now we're in quarantine. We're in, in, you know, some states are a little bit more locked down than others. 
but you're still allowed to go outside. You're still allowed to go walk your dog. Some places, some national parks, not all, some of them are closing, are still open. So I think just getting out there in the midst of feeling bad about what's happening is kind of step one. And that's, you know, good or bad, you feel tired, you get up, you walk around, you get energy. You are feeling lethargic and, and depressed about what's happening right now. If you continue to sit down and you sit on your butt, you're going to continue to feel the same way. Yeah. You know, can, the, can I the definition? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, can I jump in there real quick? I, yeah. I once asked my sister, I said, Amanda, and she's a therapist. I said, if you could be an ambassador or evangelist for anything, you know, any topic, you know, that would help the world, help people. And she said, you know, through all my years of helping people, the thing that helps them the most is getting outside. I mean, that more than any, any book, any medication, anything. And so anyway, I just had to jump in because that's what you're saying. You know, it's, we got to get out there, right? Just got to get out there, man. Sometimes even just feeling the difference of the cold temperature compared to like it's cold where I live yeah. compared to inside the, the sun on your face, the sound of the birds. Like, I don't know if you're seeing like stuff around the world, like there are amazing developments of wildlife coming back in places and, and, you know, toxic carbons and stuff being removed from parts of the world that we haven't had because we've had this industry shut down. Now, some of that's going to come back. Obviously, that's just the nature of humanity's effect on the world. But there are these positive things happening. And again, you have to be out there to do it. Um, so I guess we say that's that's number one. Um, number two, I think, is to try to challenge yourself. And this is, again, something that I say is in terms of advice for people being creative, good times, bad times, whatever. And, you know, easy ways to do that is to force yourself to be restrictive, more restrictive on how you can get creative. So from a photography standpoint, sometimes for me, that involves forcing myself just to use a single lens, a lens that I might not, I have, that I don't use a lot. Um, it's great for me uh, looking at Lightroom, which I use to organize most of my, my images, where I can go through and break things down by category of what lenses, what millimeter lengths, like what do I use most often? And sometimes when I'm in a rut, I try to look at the lenses that I currently have and figure out statistically what do I use the least amount Love and then that. force myself yeah. to go yeah. use it. It's really nice. I, I, a really good example of this was earlier this year before the travel ban and everything, I was in Norway and I was photographing Northern Lights and all these things. And typically when I'm out there shooting these big, massive, you know, skies with amazing, you know, stars and Northern Lights is that I'm typically going for a 16 to 35, a, you know, 12 to 24, widest as I can possibly get. I forced myself to use the, the Sony 24 millimeter, the G, G Master and the new 20 millimeter F1.8 and forcing myself to use a prime in a situation I wasn't used to and for it not to be as wide as I was used to forced me to get a little bit more creative and think more thoughtfully about my compositions. And to be honest, I love those images more than the ones when I still threw on my ultra wides and went with what I typically do. And so that's a really great example. Um, one of the easiest, I think, for most people is to start experimenting with macro photography because you can do it in your house, in your backyard, in your property if you own a little bit of land uh, or just on, you know, on a walk around New York City. Um, you know, maybe in those big cities where gloves would be protective these days, but you can still find, you know, most people don't really experiment with macro photography where it completely changes the game. The, you know, light works differently. Everything works a little bit differently when you throw on a macro lens and force yourself to be creative in a space that you didn't realize that you either were interested in, or in the very least, you learn lessons that you can then apply back to things that, um, you, you didn't realize that you could have done before. And I do that often because I shoot a wide variety of things. As you mentioned, I do landscape. I do a lot of wildlife these days. I do travel and, you know, uh, some photojournalism and disaster response stuff. And each one of those different elements and different genres has caused me to learn new things about different genres. 
So the way I approach wildlife has forced me and the challenges that presents has helped me in my landscape and, you know, my landscape and shooting solitude in nature for a while and then starting to include like human elements back into it helped me get reconnected back to humanity and change the way I do portrait work. And so there's lots of those different core elements that I think kind of can come to fruition and you can learn from not just using different lenses, but trying new things. I think that's a really great lesson that I think most photographers would probably tell you, but um, hopefully that explains it a little bit better about how it could be beneficial for you. Yeah. Yeah. And can I pick up on that one a little bit? Please do. Um, which is, I love that. Um, and and it, it resonates with me in so many ways. So I won't go all of that. But what, what I think maybe to add one more layer on top of that is time has changed from, I don't know what we call it, it used to be hard time. Now it's really soft. It's really ooey gooey. Like, um, and so I think with creativity, some people are wrestling because they, let's say they get the macro lens and they're like, well, I'm just kind of shooting everything and anything and, and blah, blah, blah. But what I think you can do if you really want to get creative is say, okay, I need 10 macro shots of objects that you have no idea what they are. So rather than just going like everyone shoots flowers, I'm going to shoot 500 flowers. And then you, you kind of get lulled into complacency. But putting limits on the creativity, I think at this point, like you were saying, as far as lens choice or what aren't you doing or thinking differently. And then also uh, maybe even asking yourself, okay, well, I'm just going to go to portraits because that's something you can do as well because you have people around, your family maybe, or wherever you you are, shelter in place. Say, okay, I would need to create three portraits today and just pick a number and accomplish that versus I'm going to get better at portraiture. That usually doesn't work. You got to get really specific. So just want to add yeah. that. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. And I would say, you know, in that same exact vein, yeah. start realistic. I think that's yes. the biggest thing. Like yes. you said, if you're going to sit there and give yourself this broad idea of I'm going to master portrait photography, it's very easy to get lost in the nuances and the learning curves and all these other things. But if you start small, like you said, give yourself very specific things to focus on with macro, give yourself something that's very, um, you know, edible in terms of options for uh, doing portrait work, something that you can consume that you can, yeah. that you can give yourself a win and you can check that goal and then say, I, I got three portraits today. And then as you kind of build upon that, you can kind of expand those, that, that to-do list, so to speak, um, as you're trying new things. But I 100% agree. I think starting realistically is the best way to start off towards succeeding at goals. Even if you have loftier goals ultimately in mind, you want to kind of take your time going through that process. And, you know, right now you're going to have a little bit of time. So, you know, enjoy it while you can. Yeah. And then maybe going back to another, I like your evaluation using Lightroom to look at what lenses you use and that's using an external source to give you input about your craft. Right. And I think this is a great time to get input from friends and colleagues. Quick little story for me is I felt like I was stuck in photography. I do a lot of portrait work and I was talking with a friend, a mutual friend, Katrine Eisman, um, who's a Sony artisan as well. And I said, Katrine, I feel like I'm just repeating myself and I'm stuck and I can't get out of this rut. And she said, Oh, Chris, this is obvious. I was like, really? It's that bad. You know? <laughs> I was like, what, what is it? You know? And she said, well, it's, you, everyone loves your close-up work. It's great. It's fine. Everything. But you got to think like a cinematographer, you got to get the establishing shot. You got to get the medium shot, then get the up close shot. You got to expand what you're doing. And, I, and when she said that, this was, uh, you know, a little while back, but it blew my mind. It changed everything I did. And all of a sudden, huge growth in my work, right? And I guess the point of that story is as creatives and photographers, a lot of us are self-taught. A lot of us are self-made. We're running all that, you know, we're figuring everything out. 
but we can't do it alone. And now is a great time to invite some other people into our process and say, hey, you know, like, well, what are you seeing here? What are some areas you think I could work on? Even like, I mean, you just essentially you told me, you know, Chris, open up Lightroom, look at the lenses that you're not using, go out and use those. And that's a great, that's great input because I never would have thought of that on my own. So I think that's something I would throw out there as well is just to encourage people to, to, you know, if you're the surfer with the broken leg who can't surf, rewatch the films and look at the problems you had when you were making certain turns or the way you caught that wave or didn't catch that wave. And in doing that, then like you were saying, when this does lift at some point, you, you are ready for it. Absolutely. And you're hundred percent right. And, and the beauty of right now is that unlike 15 years ago where technology was very different right now with online resources, with online communication, I mean, we're sitting there and, and talking over the internet, you know, thousands of miles away from each other. Um, you know, we're, you can use zoom video conferencing, you could jump on Google meets, you can, uh, you know, get Facebook groups, like there's so many different ways where you can connect one-on-one -on -one or in groups of other, you know, people that have shared interest with you so that you can get that feedback. There's lots of, I have alumni groups and private alumni groups in, in Facebook and WhatsApp and other different chat programs where people will share images and then other alumni will give them feedback. Like there's lots of great resources for that, that me and you didn't have years ago when we first got into this industry because it wasn't, right. there wasn't available. And so definitely try to take advantage of those in more ways than what we just talked about, but certainly through these pathways as well. Yeah. And my one tip too, for folks who are going to do that is get specific with what kind of feedback you want. People send me images every day and say, are these good? And, and, and it always, it's the context, you know, or look at my Instagram feed. Do you like it? And, and it's, I always say, well, what's your goal? Is your goal to have an image that hangs on your wall at home in your living room? Is your goal to get published in a, or work with a brand? Like I got to know the context. So, so as you seek your advice from other photographers, ask, give them a, a framework for how they need to look at the work, what you kind of advice you're looking at. Um, because if you ask 10 people, is this good or not, they all will have different answers because that's just a subjective opinion. So contextualize it a little bit, right? Absolutely. hundred percent. And that's actually a good segue really quickly into the business side of stuff. Yeah. Like have a, have a, have a direction, have a goal. I, I get the same thing. I get, you know, photographers reaching out, you know, how do I do what you do? How do I, you know, um, you know how do I sell prints? How do I get, you know, printed in magazines and, they have maybe a small subjective goal, but they don't necessarily see have a, have a bigger picture. And, and to be honest, they haven't really thought the whole process through. It's, it's like I'll get someone reaching out and saying, um, you know, none of my images are getting published. Um, you know, what do I do? What am I doing wrong? And like the first question I ask is like, well, how many, you know, publications or photo editors or whoever have you sent any images in to be reviewed? And they're like, well, none. And I'm like, so you're expecting people just to find you and just to congratulate you on your good work. Like you kind of have to put forth the energy and effort to figure out the pathways for what's going on through that. And while that can feel daunting when you're first starting out, um, I usually like to, to tell people from the, both the creative side and definitely from the business side is to play devil's advocate and work backwards. Like try to figure out what's an end goal that you want and then think creatively, do research to figure out how do you take the steps backwards to get to where you are now. And even if those steps aren't 100% accurate, even if they're not exactly on point, they'll give you that kind of direction of where you might want to go. So in relation to what we're dealing with right now, while 
there are certainly a lot more limitations on the economy, on the industry of what you can potentially do, kind of bringing things full circle to what we talked about before. We're thinking proactively about what's going to happen potentially after this happens and how can you thread that needle between all these different pieces of what's happening now so that you can get something started now that has a bigger end goal than simply survival um, so that you can be better off down the line for, you know, when things like you said, do open up and things get better and they'll, you know, the economy is going to need to come back. There's just too, too many people invested, all of us around the world, you know, 8 billion people. Um, so that, you know, it's going to happen at some point. So be proactive and, you know, try to think backwards and, and find, find new ways in order to get to your goals, but have a goal because I see too many people wandering aimlessly around the creative industries these days, either hoping, expecting, or feeling entitled to success. And none of those three things, you know, rarely ever work out. So, you know, try to think proactively if you can. Yeah. And I like that, the idea of having a goal and then going back to what you were saying earlier about self-reflection, introspection, have a goal that aligns with who you are and what you really believe in. I think that's so cool about your career. I know you've done some, you have a organization and you've, you're a very generous person in teaching and all this kind of stuff. It's all aligned with everything that matters most to you. And I think what tends to happen, at least when, when I've taught, taught students, they'll get it, they'll get an idea. I'm just trying to think of a scenario. Let's say I'm just going to make something up. This will be kind of horrible, but they're like, I want to shoot weddings. And I say, okay, great. They're like, yeah, but I don't want to work on nights and weekends. And I say, well, that, that's not going to work because that's when weddings are, you know? And they're like, really? And I say, yeah. And, and, and then they're like, uh, oh, so, so it's all about, it's part of lifestyle decision, right? I mean, your work too, it gives you the ability to get to these far corners of the world and do all this amazing stuff and have these a probably intense experience with wildlife and, you know, all, all the things that happen through your work. But really getting, like, I think what people can do right now is think about who am I? Why am I? What am I? What is my purpose? Why am I here? And then from that, start to, like you said, reverse engineer those goals or that even the business side of it so that you're not running a business that you don't like. 100% agree. 100%. I use, I use a similar analogy, including yeah. weddings, but it's also weddings and landscapes. So okay. I know a lot okay. of landscape photographers that can't figure out how to make a dime doing landscape photography. Sure. Challenging. Yeah. And they shoot weddings in order to make it work. And so on the flip side where they're shooting weddings, but their heart isn't invested into it. And I look at like a portfolio review of them showing wedding work and, you know, stuff they're passionate about. It's quite obvious to me, um, you know, where their passion is and where they're putting more of themselves into it. And so in that same vein of not shooting something that you feel forced to or that you don't want to, is that definitely try to think. Uh, again, more proactively, more creatively, more inspirationally in terms of figuring out what your interests are and what you're interested in and head in a pathway that kind of works towards those goals. You know, it's the the age old photography advice of shoot what you want to be, you know, shoot, shoot for the jobs you want. Yes. And I think that that still holds true today um, with what's happening. You know, figure out pathways that you think are things that are going to be beneficial for you. And if you're thinking, if you feel stuck because you just think of the standard four or five ways that photographers make money and it's just none of it's appealing to you, or you feel that there's too many people doing that because there's going to be a lot of people trying to sell prints and things as we talked about, then you have to be proactive and you have to think more on a niche process. You have to think sometimes more locally. Um, and again, you have to come back to that core concept of business. What is someone else's challenge? 
What is someone else's problem and how can you solve it? And hopefully if you do it correctly, then the way that you solve that problem is something that you enjoy. And that's, you know, I, I've, it's taken me a long time to get to where I'm at. It's like I said, it's been 13 years. I've made mistakes. I've shot things that I haven't been thrilled about in the past. I think we all have, but I think there's always been that end goal of pursuing your passion and whether your passion is for me, it's, it's not necessarily just tied to photography. It's more travel experiences and experience in the world and photography is the conduit. But regardless, it's that same process, that same principled idea of being passionate about what you do and filling in the gaps of a business plan or a business idea or whatnot that allow you to cross over as much of that as possible, even if you know that you might have to make some sacrifices early on in order to get to where you want to be. And so I think that I think all the pieces of advice are actually all kind of correlating together. It's like yeah. start small and try new things and you know bring things full circle. So I, I think, yeah, I think yeah. it's a good mixture of advice. And, and one of the things, uh, just to add another metaphor analogy to our conversation, because we've had so many, we've talked about chefs <laughs> and darts and surfing and who all these things. But one more is what I'm hearing is I'm kind of listening to you talk about all this stuff. I have this vision and maybe because your logo, you have the mountains and the logo, but I have this vision of this mountain and a lot of photographers think, well, if I just wander, eventually I'll get to the top, right? And, and yes, you, you can, but it takes you so much time and it can be so painful and you can be so dehydrated and malnourished by the time you get there you're wrecked right or you can say okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna pick a path and i'm gonna i'm gonna be very intentional about my path and most mountaineering is better when you're intentional um when you have limited amount of time now if you have a trust fund and time and money and all that doesn't matter that's different but that's not the reality for all of us right we we have to be very focused and intentional on that and i think that what what um, I'm hearing you say is is, and what I love about your approach to all this is, is pursue the art, pursue the craft, but make sure it has you know I don't know I, my analogies are all falling apart right now, but <laughs> but <laughs> maybe, maybe what I'll try this one I'll keep it simple, aim for the mountaintop, but like bring a tent and a sleeping bag and some food you know it's not like rocket science that you're saying, but it's essential. Agreed. Hundred percent. I'm actually before we cut. I'm actually getting echoes now. Just so you know, on that whole last thing that you were talking about, I'm getting double echoes of the conversation. I don't know if one of us okay. unmuted what was okay. happening, but just so you know. Okay. Okay. Great. So hopefully, is that fixed now? Maybe it's something. Yeah, that's, okay. that's fixed okay. now. Okay. If we it's recording audio separately, you should be fine. But yes. just wanted to let you know. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thanks. Maybe it was too because I was getting so excited about all that. And I was <laughs> but 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 so, I man. yeah. But I I I do really uh, mean that about. You know, I like how you give people a path. And so maybe in, in sort of wrapping up our conversation is what are, what are a few thoughts or tips as we're kind of, you know, it's ending this and sending people off with a few ideas on how to, how to make their way. Any closing words or thoughts for everyone? Well, I would say a couple of different things. And again, this is probably stuff that isn't necessarily tied just to our current situation, but I think it's just good general advice. Um, I mean, the first one is just to be a good person. And I think that that, again, just kind of like the core tenets of business of solving people's problems is just kind of like humanity 101. Um, you know, don't be led by your ego, you know, be kind, be thoughtful. You know, I, I always say, be humble, be honest and be yourself. Like, I, I think that that in and of its core of just being a simple human is great advice, but when it comes to business, when it comes to creativity, when it comes to being authentic, I think that's the way that you go about it. That's the way I find more happiness 
in the world and in what I do and, and in my creative pursuits. Um, and it just makes me feel a bit better, um, you know, being a piece of, of this giant machine called life um, is, is that I get to play a more positive role. Um, and, and in doing so, in, in, in times like this, it's challenging, to be honest. Again, you know, economic hardships, other things are going to come up. Challenges are going to present themselves over the next weeks, months. Um, it's not going to be easy, but I think it's a, it's a core aspect of, of who I am as a person is what I think is most beneficial for people and whatever they're striving for. Personal gain, enlightenment, um, you know, financial independence, um, all of it kind of boils down to the same things. And I'm, to be honest, 100% surprised um, in our industry, in the photo industry, how many people uh, have not got that memo and that are, are, are still struggling on kind of those core tenants. And, and it's at the end of the day, uh, you know, for me, photography is an amazing creative pursuit. It's therapeutic. It's positive. It helps. Um, but at the end of the day, we're also we're not curing cancer. We're not curing COVID-19. We have to be realistic in the space of what we're doing in our ego. Um, and and I, I, to me, it's freeing that we are in an industry where I personally feel we will never have another Ansel Adams or Annie Leibovitz or these famous people that have kind of break the barriers of our industry and are kind of into, you know, external, into pop culture, if you want to call it that. Um, there's beauty and freedom and anonymity. And I think that we should, you know, thrive on that. And the fact that it doesn't matter that we're, you know, our individual names might not be remembered in 10, 15 years. Hopefully our work and, and, and all creative pursuits spark more creativity and more inspiration and more positivity to change other people's lives in different and meaningful ways. But we don't need to be driven by that necessity to feed our egos um, in, in doing it. And so that's a, a bit of humbling advice, I think, for a lot of people out there is, is, you know, to be realistic in what you're doing, be passionate about what you're doing and be honest with who you are. And if you can coincide those three elements together, you're going to find success. You're going to find things will hopefully work out for you and you have a better probability of that happening. And in doing so, you're going to be a heck of a lot happier than um, approaches that um, can be quite more dismissive or decisive um, uh, and, and, you know, just not as beneficial to not only our industry and you as an individual, but as just humanity as a whole. We're all kind of in this together. We're all going to deal with COVID-19 together. We're all going to figure out our pathway together. And again, coming back full circle to what we talked about before, it's about community. It's about lifting each other up. And um, I think we, we find it exponentially more strength together than we do apart. Um, and yeah, I, I guess that that's that's the way I would I'd wrap up all of what we talked about, all the pieces of advice, because I think that's the core tenets. That's the pillar to me of what 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 this is all about and what I'm personally, again, relearning or rekindling as we talked about before and the significance and importance of my family, my community, my industry um, to, to play a positive role in, you know, being part of the crowd sometimes, leading the crowd other times, being, you know, being a voice of reason, being a force of voice of positivity and hopefully trying to inspire other people to do the same, either through their creative arts, through, you know, first responders out there doing amazing stuff in hospitals, whatever it is, is to have that positive impact on what we do. And if we can be positive in what we're doing and have a positive impact through our creative arts, then I think we've we've done our job as artists uh, in terms of our, our place in the world. 
So hopefully that's not too existential, but that's kind of where my mind's at these days. No, good words. I love the idea. Relearn, reignite, rekindle. I mean, now's the time. And I think just to pick up on what you're saying, I think part of this is as we, you know, there's certain things we can't do, um, like you talked about first responders or different things, but we can work on ourselves. We can work on our mm -hmm. craft. We can look at other ways we can contribute. And now's the time to do that. And so this has been a, a, a huge honor. And one of the things I know I'm going to do today, Colby, because of you, is I have a brand new macro lens. I got it four months ago. I've never used it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if I were looking Lightroom, I, there's literally, there's not a single image. But I, and I got it because I thought, you know, it's actually Carolyn Jensen, another friend who I love her macro stuff. And I'm like, I need to do this because she was talking about how it's so meditative and makes you just focus on things you overlook, you know, all the obvious stuff. And um, but now you've ignited that fire to do that and and also to, you know, to stay humble, to stay honest and to be open. I, you have this openness about you. You know, you have a you have a clear plan on where you're going and you have strong business kind of tenets in place and ideas and values and strategies. But you have this openness as you go forge ahead. So I really appreciate that. Really value you. And uh, thanks so much for this time and for joining us and for sharing all of your your thoughts and wisdom with us. Well, thanks so much, Chris. I appreciate the kind words. I appreciate the opportunity, the honor to be here and to speak with you. I, 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 I feel that we are brothers from another mother. I feel that we have a lot of similar both characteristics and, and personality traits and, and ideals that I think make conversations like this exponentially more enjoyable for myself and hopefully exponentially more beneficial for those that are listening. So I thank you as well. All right. And then last but not least, follow along with Colby's work. Um, Instagram, it's Colby Brown, right? Your website's Colby Brown. Everything's Colby Brown. Is that correct? Yeah. If you search up Colby Brown on Google or Colby Brown Photography, you will find me across every different, you know, interweb yeah. out there, all social platforms. Yeah. So it's either Colby Brown or Colby Brown Photography, but it's unfortunately hard to miss me. So uh, no excuses out there. <laughs> okay, great. We'll have a good rest of the day, Colby. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Cheers.